Yo, 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 welcome to another episode of Never Cancel. I'm your host, my name is Marshall, and on this episode we're going to be taking a quick dive into a little bit of my backstory and explaining to everybody where I'm coming from on this pod. I got a little bit ahead of myself with recording the first episode. Uh, it was a little choppy, so I'm happy you all you know, hung in there with me. This is my first time doing this, but I'm super excited and I'm so stoked to be able to share some of my experiences with you all because I believe that um, I've got something that I can share and I've got something special that I believe will help everybody along the way. So thanks for hanging in there with me. Like I said, this is a little backstory. This episode is a little backstory on me. I want to jump right into it and let you guys or let you all know where I'm coming from. So it's about 30 minutes or 20 minutes, I don't know. But either way, hang in there with me and we're going to jump right into it. Uh, Hopefully you like it. Let's do it. Yo, 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 yo. I want to thank you all for tuning in and checking out the pod. Pod is never canceled. And I'm your host, Marshall Failing. Again, thank you for doing this, tuning in. Hopefully you all get a lot out of this, or maybe you won't get anything out of it, and uh, maybe at least it'll make you smile, or make you cry, who knows, or all of those things in between. So, uh, yeah, this is just an intro. I want to let you all know where my head is at, and kind of give you some insight as to my path and my journey and where I've been. And where I'm headed, because this podcast hopefully is uh, going to provide an insight to that. And uh, really, it's just a culmination of my entire life. So after listening to these podcasts, hopefully you will uh, get a lot out. And uh, the singular message I'd like to be able to portray is that of change, right? Because that's the only thing that in life that is inevitable, really, is... Uh, that entropy, a little bit of disorder, a little bit of change, a little bit of up and down, undulation. And so that's what I always preach. I'm always preaching that you got to find that area of discomfort that, that pushes you a little bit further. Leaning into that discomfort too and kind of finding that comfort zone within that discomfort because that will push you to create some change in your life and ultimately be a factor in which uh, provides growth. So I'm all about it. Anybody who knows me knows that, that I'm constantly pushing the envelope, constantly trying to find that, that discomfort, constantly trying to find that growth. And so this is why I wanted to do kind of an interview style because I believe that there are a lot of people in my life that have helped me along the way, you know, recognize those areas of discomfort, help me recognize, you know, those areas of change. And, and, and ultimately those people are the, are the people who have produced that lasting change in my life. So I have to, you know, shout out to all those people and show love to all those people. So I'm super excited. Um, Plenty of people in my life have added, you know, to the richness of my life. And and I want to be able to share that with you all. And also, you know, hopefully share some of the things that make me 
unique. So, you know, my humor, my, my perseverance and kind of just my overall style is that, that of, um, you know, pretty laissez-faire. I like to just take things one day at a time and, and, and continue to push my vision. So I've just fallen in love with this process recently. And I want to take you a little, I want to take you through a little bit of how I've galvanized that process. And, um, hopefully you all keep up with the pod and you enjoy the, all the guests and you just see how we roll. So I want to just start out by sharing a little bit about myself. Of course, all those who know me know I go by Marshall. Um, I got, you know, um, pretty typical story, I guess, being born in the Northwest, raised in a small town, uh, in eastern, southeastern Washington, Walla Walla. Uh, both my parents were teachers growing up. My dad went back to school, got his teaching degree. My mom went to school, got her teaching degree. So I grew up in that environment of constantly wanting to learn, constantly wanting to be a student uh, of any kind of um, paradigm. I always love to learn. I've always loved to, you know, be a lifelong learner, which is, which is, been a phrase that I've always heard, you know, in my life. So growing up, I went to um, public schools, transferred to a private school my freshman year, uh, to a small private school, started playing basketball, loved it, transferred again my senior year, uh, was injured, and thought I was, you know, when I, at the beginning of the season, I thought I was going to go and do something with sports, but that after the injury, it became pretty clear I wasn't going to have that opportunity. So I had to adjust and uh, I don't think I did a really good job of adjusting. I kind of got to the end of my senior year and didn't have any idea what, what I was going to do. And, uh, you know, yeah, I had to realize that I couldn't just do that at my home I couldn't just sit and do nothing, so I decided I packed up my stuff and I went up north to a, a city called Spokane, Washington, home of the Gonzaga Bulldogs, as I'm sure many of you know, and uh, started my junior college um, experience there. And man, what an experience that was. I uh, my, my dad had gone to college and my grandfather had gone to college, but that was the only people on my dad's side that had ever tried to go to college. My mom was the first person in her family to ever graduate from college. So I was coming off of a, a, a short list of people um, to go to college. And since my older brother left high school and didn't go straight into college, I was the first one of the, of the siblings to go to college. I've got, I've got two brothers uh, older and younger. And so you know, I started doing that. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was pretty aimless. I just floated through those two years until um, I got to the end of those two years. And my dad kind of was like, so what are you going to do? And I, and, and I realized I didn't really understand that question. I didn't really understand that I was, you know, should have been going to school for those first two years to put together some kind of roadmap to get myself to the next step. But um I, I was just clueless. I was so clueless. So my dad, who was, you know, got his degree originally in microbiology, um, 
piqued my interest. He he piqued my interest in that field. And so as a kid, I was exposed to a whole bunch of laboratory type settings. Uh, I was using the microscopes, uh, you know, checking things out. Um, always very curious in those regards. And so I wanted to go into chemistry. So I moved back home after two years of junior college and started to go to another junior college. I've got my associates of science, almost had my associates of science, in fact, until I had my last class, which was calculus. And I ended up taking Calc 1, passing it with like a C plus, and then took Calc 2 and couldn't pass. I failed it. And I even went into my professor's office. He said I could retake the final exam and he would let me retake only the questions I got wrong. I did that and I still failed. And I remember him calling me into his office after he graded my exam and telling me, you know, Marshall, science might not be the best route for you to take. And so moving into, you know, the four-year program, I had to really consider that. And so I went to Western. I applied to Western Washington University in Bellingham. I was accepted along with my with my brother and my good friend, Hedda. And so we embarked on that next chapter. So I moved all my stuff up to Bellingham with Hedda and with Maxwell, uh, my younger brother, and uh, started in the environmental studies program. And I remember there was a turning point where I had an environmental studies class and a gentleman had come up to me after class and was talking to me about, um, I think it was like carbon cycles. And I remember him just talking at me. And since I was so new to this environmental studies kind of realm and like the jargon that people were using, I just felt like he was talking at me and not to me in, in a way that I could understand it. And in that moment, I realized that um, I realized that in life, in my opinion, I believe that it would be more important for me to be able to communicate with people. In that moment, I realized that it's going to be more important for me to be able to communicate with people about anything than it would be for me to be able to communicate with people about one thing in particular. I believe that becoming a more well-rounded communicator or or, a well-rounded individual um, would probably get me further in life than just being able to talk about one said thing like environmental uh, impact for so let you know for example so after that conversation after that quarter ended i declared for communication studies as my bachelor's got into the study uh, got into the program uh, did really well loved it felt like for the first time in my life i was able to thrive and, and achieve uh, at a scholastic level that I had never been able to necessarily achieve before, um, especially coming off of that experience with, with calculus too. So I really dove in head first with this experience. I started volunteering. I started becoming a more active part of my, you know, calm studies community. And I started to see tons of doors open up like doors. I'd never, you know, thought possible when I was in my STEM courses, while I was taking, you know, 
chemistry and, and calculus because I was so worried about my grades that I could never take time to go into my teachers and my professor's office hours and start making connections and asking questions. Whereas now I felt like I was in a groove and that allowed me to take a step back and really uh, approach my education in a different way and, and, and develop that advocacy for myself that I didn't have my, when I was in junior college. And so again, I started volunteering, found a great community uh, in Bellingham uh, for volunteering at a place called Lydia Place. It was awesome. I learned how to, you know, really put my discomfort aside and prioritize growth and prioritize change. And that just paid off tenfold because I remember thinking at the end of my, you know, time at Western at, at, at university, I remember telling people that I was so ready to go and get a job and become, you know, an active part of my career. You know, I was ready to just go in there and and start and start start working essentially. And I know a lot of students didn't feel that way. So when I graduated, I I I moved. Away. I left Bellingham and I moved to the Seattle area. Uh, with my girlfriend at the time, and I was living at her mom's house with her while also doing uh, some, I was like a caregiver for, for children with, with disabilities while I was also working as a CNA. Uh, so all throughout college, I had been a CNA, a certified nurse assistant. For some reason, I fell into a job when I was 19 uh, taking care of of adults who were in a program for for adults who who were um, you know convicted of, of certain of certain of certain crimes and so I I was used to the CNA um, life I was used to uh, that exposure uh, and so when I was in Seattle I got a lead on a job and I went to Kirkland and I started working at a uh, assisted living community. And that is where things really changed for me. I started working at the front desk of a um, assisted living community in Kirkland. And I was able to meet the owner of that assisted living community briefly. And about two weeks after I had met the owner, um, I quit that job and moved to Portland, Oregon with a friend. So I moved to Portland uh, I broke up with my girlfriend. I'm sleeping on my buddy's couch. I, I'm, I took a job as a civil surveyor, which essentially is just a guy who does topographical work for new, new development for, for, for new housing and, and things like that. Just new construction, really. The first step in developing new construction. So I was out in the rain. I was working 12-hour days. If you know anything about the weather in Portland, it's pretty intense in the winter. And so that was happening the last two weeks of December. And so I had been there for about, I mean, I begged my buddy to say, hey, get me a job, get me a job, get me a job. I was sleeping on his couch. He finally got me a job. And about a week and a half into that job, I got a text message from the owner of the assisted living community that I, that I had met briefly. 
And he sent me a text and said, hey, you know, sorry to hear that this wasn't a good fit, but I have a proposition for you. I hear you're in Portland. Would you like to meet at um, a Portland Trailblazers game and discuss this opportunity? So, of course, I said yes, right? Who would miss the opportunity to go to a Portland Trailblazers game? And, and, I, and I figured I better just hear him out. So I went there. I met him. Um, I, like I said, only met this guy briefly one time at the, at the assisted living community. So we went in and we're sitting courtside and at halftime, he asks me if I want to be a part of a construction project that he had going on in, in Chandler, Arizona. So he was the owner of these assisted living communities. He owned the building outright, but then he also was constructing these assisted living buildings for him to then later run and, and be a part of the operation. So of course I had no idea what a, an assistant superintendent, what that job consisted of, but he seemed, um, he seemed really ready to give me a shot. So I said, yes, I would do that. And within, I think five days I had packed up my stuff and got, to, got ready to, to head down south. So I show up in Chandler, Arizona, and I'd been to Arizona before my cousin had lived there. So I showed up in Chandler, Arizona on the first day of his job, and I had no idea what I was going to be doing. And the first day I show up, it was, you know, January, first week of January, I believe, and it was raining. And so I just sat inside of this truck and directed people really just, you know, made sure that certain people didn't come on the job site because it was so rainy. So we wanted to regulate traffic. And, and this was the, you know, the first time I had ever put a hard hat on. And if you would have told me that uh, a couple months after I had finished college, I would be, I would be wearing a hard hat. I would have told you that I must have committed some sort of, you know, felony or something, right? Because I had just never associated myself with, with, you know, blue collar work in, in that regards, right? Because I thought that once I got my degree, I would never have to do that kind of work, which I was really wrong about. So fast forward a couple months, I spent the first few months just uh, as really as a general laborer, I was just working, doing some random jobs, picking up trash, sweeping floors for the superintendent who you know, I, he looked at me as this guy who didn't know anything, which I didn't uh, about construction. But he thought that, you know, my impression was that he thought I had no utility, which was fine because I had very limited utility in that space. But I wanted to learn and pretty serendipitously, if that's a word, um, I had that opportunity one day. And, and that opportunity came in the form of a few guys showing up to the job who didn't speak any English, who needed some, some guidance. So they started working in the wrong areas and my superintendent, you know, freaked out. I had to go out there and mediate things. Since I had taken Spanish through college, I felt comfortable communicating with these guys. And so at first it was just the, you know, one group of, of, of subcontractors, the guys that were doing the work. And within a few weeks, I was communicating with multiple groups. And so I had a small umbrella that that kind of that I was responsible for uh, of, of about nine guys so I was getting my feet wet I was understanding what it meant to be involved in the project management side of construction and 
about five months into first getting to Chandler, the superintendent had to leave for a while. And so he left and I took over the job and uh, had a pro another project manager come down to kind of help me from the home office. And the project manager was blown away by the fact that I felt completely comfortable in this position after only having been exposed to construction industry industry for about five months. So again, about five months in to my experience, that happened. And within two weeks, I was asked to go to Modesto, California to take on a more prominent role as a superintendent, um, intermittent superintendent in Modesto. So of course I said, yes, I packed up my stuff. And in July of 2018, I left and moved to Modesto, California, where I stayed there for 18 months. I finished that project, uh, went to Spain and on my way back from Spain, there was murmurings and this was in March of 2020. So I finished the project. Um, I started in 2018, finished in 2020, uh, left to Spain, came back. And then that was March of 2020. And as everybody knows, March of 2020 was a very pivotal point in, in, in the world. And the coronavirus had just started. So I had uh, ambitions of moving to LA and getting involved in the film industry and getting involved in, uh, you know, the, an industry that I was not used to being involved in, kind of like, you know, the construction industry. I wasn't used to that. So I wanted to take a transition and do something similar. But of course, L.A. was quickly becoming an epicenter. And, and, and if you ever spent any amount of time in L.A., it's already kind of a jungle. So you add a pandemic into that mix and it became even more hectic. So I decided to leave LA, go back to Phoenix, where my younger brother was still living. And um, that is where I started working with another construction company. And fast forward a year, and here I am. So I'm still doing construction, still killing it, still looking for plenty of opportunities to grow. And I certainly still have plenty of opportunities to grow because I'm always being tested, always being pushed. Um, so there's, there's a little bit about me. I want to be able to talk more in depth about the, the stages of my life. And, and I don't think there's a better way to do that than talking to the people that have had the biggest influence or even a, 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 any amount of influence on my life because I believe that those people have been pivotal in my ability to make up who I am today. I, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for the people that I plan on interviewing and the people that I plan on bringing onto the pod. And, and I really am excited about the, the, the possibility of that. So again, hopefully you all are as excited as I am and are ready to hear some amazing stories from some amazing people and hopefully have a good laugh along the way, hopefully learn some stuff. I want this to be a really laid back pod. I want this to be a really laid back um, experience. I want to try to be, create 
conversations that aren't scripted. I want to be able to get something real from all of my guests. And hopefully I can do that by providing you all with the realness. So buckle up. I'm going to try to do episodes every week, try to hold it down for you all and bring you the best experience that I possibly can. So again, thank you for stumbling upon the Never Canceled podcast. I'm here and I'm staying here and I'll be here. So let me know. Let me know if there's anything you want to hear. You know how to find me. Uh, Marshall Failing. That's my name. That's my Instagram handle. Just find me on there and let me know who you want to hear from or what do you want to hear about. And uh, I'll keep rocking it. So until next time, keep tuned in for the next pod. And uh, I'll hear from you guys later. Peace. Boom, there you go. That's another episode of Never Canceled. Hope you enjoyed the backstory, a little bit about me and the path I've taken through my life. A little bit of a journey. Super excited to speckle in, sprinkle in rather, a couple of great experiences I've had throughout my life into that narrative and give you all a richer, more complete view and outlook of the things that have gotten me to where I am. So that's the roadmap. Up next, we're going to get some interviews going from some great people, add some humor in there, real lighthearted, pick everybody's brain, and we're going to get down to the bottom of a couple things that I think are super important, and hopefully you think they are as well. So I'll be looking for everybody on the next pod. For now, I'm going to go chill. Later. Thank you.